Ah, yes. Communication. Communication requires a lot of thought, doesn't it? A lot of effort, a lot of intentionality. That's what we're going to be talking about today as we jump back into our Family Foundation series. And throughout this series, we've been looking at the essential components of establishing a strong, healthy, godly, biblical family. And just like anything that's built, any structure of any kind, it's very, very important, crucial, vital to establish a strong foundation before anything else is built on top of it. Because whatever comes against a building, a structure, you know, a home, a business, anything that comes against it, as long as the foundation is strong and secure, no matter what happens on the surface, can be fixed and can be repaired if the foundation is strong and secure. So we've been looking at, at different ways of building up our foundation. Uh, we've been talking about uh, the importance of spiritual discipline. That was the first session that we were in. We looked at the kind of father that a family needs and what proper good parenting looks like. And now today we're going to be talking about communication. Communication. And um, in regard to communication, there is really no question of if we communicate. There is no question of if we communicate. The questions are these. What are we communicating? What are we communicating? And how are we communicating it? What are we communicating? And how are we communicating it? Um, we're always communicating, though. That, that is what is absolutely certain. We're all the time communicating. Even when we aren't actually engaged in communication, that in itself is a communication. And what I mean by that is, you know, think about when you're home and, you know, you're there in your living room and you're on the couch and you're watching TV and we know that most of the time that's going to be us men, right? Right, ladies? Wow, I expected a stronger response. You guys are good. You're good. Inside you're going, uh-huh. I know that's right. Right? That's what you're saying, even if you didn't say it out loud. But, um, you know, you're, you're, picture the living room and, and you're on the couch, you're watching TV, guys, and... And your wife starts talking to you, right? Isn't that very often when that occurs? You know, it's like nothing, silence, and then you're watching, I don't know, a game or something like that. And, and that's at that moment, God gives your wife the thought that she needs to express right then and there, right? And so, so she talks to you about this thing, and you're, you're going, uh-huh, right, yes. And then she says something, did you hear a word I just said? And of course I did, yes. Okay, what did I say? And then you're in trouble, you know. Um, and so even when you're not actively communicating in that, in that situation, you're communicating a great deal actually. You know, and, and maybe the roles are reversed. I don't know how it is in your home. But, you know, when we're, even when we are, are not really communicating with a lot of words and the other person is trying to have a conversation with us, we are still communicating something to them. And what we're communicating is, you're not as important as this other thing right then and there. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Ouch, I know. But we're, we're communicating all the time. 
We're communicating when we actively engage and, and there's dialogue going back and forth. And we communicate when we're not saying anything and the person with us is trying to. Uh, communication happens constantly. We can even communicate without saying a single word and communicate only by our facial expressions, right? And our body language. Either, I'm really excited to see you, I, I'm, I'm glad we're together, and you, you can communicate that physically, or you can communicate, I'd rather be doing just about anything else in the world than talking to you about this right now. And we've all been there. We all understand that. Um, so there's, there's communication constantly happening, and, and that's not the question. That's a given. So the question we have to ask constantly about our communication is, what are we communicating? What is being expressed? What is being conveyed? And how are we going about it? So first, let me, let me just focus a little bit on, on the what we're communicating. To, to communicate well, there has to be deliberateness, there has to be some intentionality, and there actually has to be effort. Because communication doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen automatically. It's not just something where you can click on the autopilot and communication's happening and you're, you're, you're doing it. Uh, it requires thought and it requires being very, very in that process. Um, you know, you would think someone like myself who, uh, for all intents and purposes, communicates for a living, you could say, you'd think that I'd have that down, you know, like, like that would be no problem for me. Like I'm the expert communicator. You would think that, but there is a difference between being able to communicate, being able to talk and use words and actually communicating with a person. Um, and, and I'm the first to admit, actually probably my wife is the first to admit I would be the second after her, that sometimes I can be really, really lousy at actively communicating with her, actually engaging in that. You know, there are many, many times where I am that first example that I provided, you know, like, because I get tired, you know, I've, I've had a long week of, of ministering to people, of communicating, right? I've had a long week of communicating, back and forth with all kinds of different people. And so when I'm home, it's like the, my natural reaction, my gut instinct is just to veg, right? Just to check out. I know none of you know what I'm talking about. I know I'm the only one who struggles with that, right? But yeah, I, that, that's kind of my, my tendency. And so, you know, but, but my wife... She's had all this stuff happen in her day, and she's trying to maybe fill me in or get my perspective on something, or you know, she needs my comments on, on a situation. Uh, and then there's the kids, and, and they're excited to see Daddy. They're still at that age where they actually like me around. You know, it's, it's, it's a rare thing, I know, uh, and it doesn't last too long, but let me have my fantasy, okay? It's going to last forever that way. They will always want me around. Thank you for... Thank you for accommodating my delusion. Um, but, you know, so that's going on. And so I come into that. And, and so there's communication that is, is desired to take place. But because I'm not in that communication, I'm not engaging, I'm not choosing to be there, I'm trying to check out what happens is that there's talking being done, but it's, it's not communicating. Because communicating, true communication, requires two people listening and speaking very intently, very focused with each other on specific things. So talking at someone 
or half listening to what someone is saying to you, that's not really communicating. Communicating means you're all in, you're engaged. It's very deliberate. And we need to ask ourselves, what am I communicating? Am I, am I getting the point across well? Am I, am I choosing my words carefully? Am I letting my thoughts be, be focused? And are my words matching my thoughts? So it's a process, and it does require work. And when we aren't careful about what we are communicating, when we aren't deliberate, when we're not thinking before we're speaking every time we're speaking, constantly every moment, when we're not engaged in the process, some bad things can happen. And you've been there, right? We've all gotten accustomed to the taste of of foot, right? It can go very badly if we aren't very careful about what we are saying, about what is being conveyed, about what is being communicated. And and we've all been there, and we all know examples of that in our own lives. I just, to get our, our thoughts on the right on the same page and moving in the right direction. I just wanted to share these things with you. Probably have heard these, these mistakes before, but I think they're still just as good as they ever were. They're still funny. So let me, let me share with you some advertising communication mistakes, some mistakes in advertising. And man, that happens all the time. Here, here's just a couple for you. Um, here was, here's a butcher's sign. This was a butcher's sign on a butcher's shop. Try our steaks. None like them. Get it? Let that process for a second. Yeah, they, they need to kind of work on that because I don't think they're going to get much business, right? Um, here's a tailor's guarantee. If the smallest hole appears after six months wear, we will make another absolutely free. Yes, not a tailor I would like to visit frequently. Here, here's one. Lost. Wallet belonging to a young man made of calfskin. That's, that's some stuff for like the Inquirer, Right? Yeah, grammar and punctuation and, and proper communication is important. Switching gears, unfortunately, it's not just advertising that gets the mistakes. Um, here is some church bulletin mistakes. Those are always good. Mistakes in church bulletin communication. Uh, you'll never see anything like that in our church bulletin because, you know, our secretary is just awesome and, and there's never a single mistake, so don't, don't ever worry. Um, Here's some church bulletin mistakes. Due to the pastor's illness, Wednesday's healing services will be discontinued until further notice. I would say they probably would need to be, right? Here's another good one. Bertha Belch, a missionary from Africa, will be speaking tonight at Calvary Methodist. Come here, Bertha Belch, all the way from Africa. No, thank you. No, don't want it. Don't need it. And here's a good one. I really take offense to this one. Barbara remains in the hospital and needs blood donors for more transfusions. She is also having trouble sleeping and requests tapes of Pastor Nelson's sermons. (laughs) Happy to oblige. Uh, another, Another good rib for the pastor. During the absence of our pastor, we enjoyed the rare privilege of hearing a good sermon when J.F. Stubbs supplied our pulpit. Yep. Boy, oh boy, they missed that one in the bulletin, didn't they? See, when we're not very, very careful about what we are communicating, things can, can be interpreted very, very badly, and, and you have a mess on your hands very easily. So it's, it's incredibly important to understand what we are saying and, and, and what are we conveying and what are we communicating, and it, it requires thought. It requires active, active thought. Uh, here's what the Bible has to say. 
about thinking without or speaking without thinking. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine twenty says this: There is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. And uh, I chose the New Living Translation for our scripture text today because I love how the New Living Translation words these passages today. They're just so direct, so blunt, so obvious. It really conveys the original meaning that was uh, expressed in, in the original languages of the text we look at. So there's more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. And hey, guys, we've all, and I don't mean just men, guys, I mean church, we, we've all played the fool a lot of times, haven't we? Because whenever we speak without thinking first, chances are somewhere along the line there's going to be a misinterpretation or a misunderstanding. And if we aren't being careful about what we are saying and we're not thinking about what we're saying before we say it, then whose fault is it when the misunderstanding happens? The listener, the person we're trying to communicate with, or us as the communicator? Which, which one is it? It's us. I mean, if we're the ones that are, are, are thinking or speaking in that moment, you know, it's our turn to talk, and, and, and we're the ones that are, are giving that dialogue at the moment, but we're not thinking first or thinking as even we're, we're speaking, if there's a misunderstanding, then really we've got to be honest and say, I, I didn't express that clearly. I, I, didn't, I didn't think about how that might have sounded and, and it's, it's bad. It's bad. It can be bad. So let's just avoid a, a whole world of pain. Let's avoid being the fool. And let's, let's deliberately choose to think before we speak. And to think about what we are speaking even as we're saying it. Um, and the reason that is so important is, is because of what is true about this quote that's from Dale Carnegie. I love this statement, what he said. He said, when dealing with people... Remember, you are not dealing with creatures of logic, but rather creatures of emotion. When dealing with people, remember, you are not dealing with creatures of logic, but creatures of emotion. So true, isn't it? So true, and so important to remember. We would solve so much of our issues in communication, in our family environment, in our family context, and really, for that matter, for for any context, of relationship in any context of communication, but as we're talking today about family foundation and, and really really focusing on communication within the family, we would solve so much of the issue that we have if we would keep that in mind. That as I'm talking to my spouse and as they're talking to me, or, or as I'm talking to my children and they're talking to me, we've got to all remember we're all, all of us, creatures of emotion. And maybe some of us express that emotion more readily than others, or more dynamically than others, but that doesn't mean any one of us is more of an emotional creature than the other. We're all equally emotional beings. That's just how we are. Whether you would think about yourself like that or not, or whether you'd really ever admit that, it's true. We're all, by nature, emotion-driven And our first response is most of the time, nine out of ten times, our first gut response is going to be emotional, not rational. All of us are that way. Some, again, more to to more degrees than others, but we all share that. And we've got to keep that in mind when communicating. And that's why it's so important not just to ask ourselves, what am I communicating? That's why it's so important to ask, how 
am I communicating it? What am I communicating first? What is this really sounding like? What am I really saying here? What do I need to say? And also, how am I expressing it? And that right there, that how, that how is so huge. I don't want to say it's more important than, than the what, but, but it's close. It's close to being even more important because you can say the right thing, you know, as in literally, you can, you can say and word the right thing and you can get your thought across and, and you can be saying exactly the right thing and what needs to be said. But if you say it in a certain way, then no matter what you said if it is being right, it doesn't matter. You're still going to be in trouble. You're still going to mess things up if your tone or, or your inflection is wrong. For example, uh, those of you who have teenagers know all about the how, right? How many times have you teenagers heard from your parents when they give you that look? Or they call you out and you're just like, what in the world? I, what did I do wrong? And, and you don't understand what, what is causing your, your parent to be upset. How many times have you heard... Watch how you speak to me, right? Careful how you respond. And, uh, you know, I have a 10-year-old daughter who's 10 going on 16. Uh, My perfect, perfect, wonderful Aubrey, and she is. She's a great kid. She's a great kid. But both her and her sister, Addison, who's 8, because they are human, right, because they're not perfect, uh, they have, have adopted what is true of just about everyone, and, and that is that they can respond very sharply, right? And I, again, I know you guys don't know what I'm talking about, but, um, you know, you, you'll, you'll say something to them like, go brush your teeth, go brush your hair, go pick up, well, Leanne has this thing, 50 things, you have to pick up 50 things before doing something that you want to do. Like, like they want to go play. They want to go do something. Okay, that's fine. Pick up 50 things first. And in our house, 50 things is always a bare minimum of what's on the floor. Always. Constantly. You know, it's like if, if, you, if you come into our house at any given point, you're going to find at least 50 things. That's on a really good day, you know. And so there's always 50 things to pick up somewhere. And so, you know, we'll say that pick up 50 things... Uh, or we'll get, okay, you know, that, that's always a good one. Or, hey, did, did you pick up 50 things? Yes. And then that's, and, and, and when the question is, what? What did I do? What did I say? I, I said Yes. I answered you. And then the statement is, okay, you did, yes, but how did you respond? How did you answer me? And on and on we could go with all kinds of examples of that. You, you know what I mean. And unfortunately, though, it's not limited to just preteens or teens or kids, spouses, husband, wives. Come on, let's be honest. We're guilty of this too, right? Did, did, you, did you fix the dryer? Yes, I did. I think, you know, that's, that's what I, my answer would be, I think. Um, did you do this? Did you remember to get this? Did you, you know, and, and then there's that, that moment where it's not just, yes, my glorious, beautiful, wonderful wife. It was my honor to do this thing for you. Or, or from my favorite movie of all time, The Princess Bride, 
as you wish. You know, uh, those moments where we don't respond that way, instead it's, yes, yes, I did. Or, you already asked me that. You know, uh, and, and you know what you respond like, and you know what you've experienced, and you know what happens in your home and on the way to church in the, in the car. You know all that. I don't have to try to imagine that. We all, all of us, can be very, very guilty of responding to a question or to a statement, maybe even in the right way of, of, as far as what is being answered or what is being said, but in the wrong way in terms of how we're expressing it. We can all be guilty of that in every context. And it's so important to remember that we're dealing with creatures of emotion. And, and that's what Proverbs 15.1 Proverbs 15, communicates. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer, a gentle answer, deflects, deflects, like think of Captain America and his shield, you know, like nothing gets through there, everything bounces off with his shield. Uh, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare, like solar flare, or like this person about to go to the emergency room there with the grill. And man, I can relate to that, you know, and, and, and a, and a gentle answer deflecting anger, oh, that's so wonderful and beautiful when that happens, you know? Like when you're in the Spirit and you're depending on His power, which is the only way, by the way, this, this happens. But, you know, you're, you're in the Spirit in that moment. You're walking with Him, and there's, there's a conflict, or, or maybe there's a, a little argument brewing or a disagreement, and you're in the Spirit, man. You're locked in. And instead of responding in kind or escalating it to the next level, you're able just to remain calm and collected, and, and you just gently answer. And then it's like, it's like the deflating of a balloon, isn't it, when that happens? It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's just... So much of the time, though, let's be honest, the easier thing to do, and what happens many, many times is, you know, you're in this conflict, you're in this argument, you're in this debate, whatever you want to call it, and, and there's this, this stress and, and there's tension, and that's what is, def- is given to you, and instead of deflecting it with your gentle answer, you match it or you exceed it, and then what happens? Boom! Right? And you're in the middle of a heated argument. And, um, oh, that's not pleasant. It's not fun. It's just like experiencing that. You know, when I, when I first started getting into grilling, um, I was a teenager, and I thought I was going to impress all of my friends that I, I had over. Um, my parents weren't there. We came up to the house, me and a few of the guys. And I said, hey, guys, you want some steaks? I'm like 15. They're like, steaks? <laughs> sure, of course. Who doesn't want steaks? You know how to make steaks? I'm like, Yeah. So I got, I, we had these steaks, which I didn't purchase, by the way. And, uh, of course, got the steaks, went outside. There's the grill, the grill. And I'm going to impress all my friends, you know, look at, look at Chris, the grill master, right? And it's a gas grill. So I, I get the steaks on, and, and, and I, um, I grab the lighter fluid, you know, because every grill has to have lighter fluid. So I, I light, light the pilot, love that sound, get the lighter fluid, and I squirt it, and all of a sudden, just like that, and, and no lie, no lie at all, uh, I, I singed the hair of my arms, both arms, I think I singed the hair of my eyebrows, 
uh, a couple of my friends about jumped off the deck. It scorched the entire inside of the grill. Uh, I mean, you know, black charred marks and everything. And so um, needless to say, we did not have steaks that day. So when my parents came home, I had to explain to them why their steaks were gone and what in the world happened to the grill and why is my arm so red? I was like, oh, I just thought I'd fire up the grill. Just, just trying to grill. And my dad's like, what, what did you do? That, that shouldn't have happened. Did you light the pilot? Yeah. And you, you put the burners on? Yeah. Well, that's it. What else did you do? I was like, well, I, I put lighter fluid on. You did what? And he had to explain to me, Chris, a gas grill doesn't need lighter fluid. Why not? Because it's gas. It's a gas grill. Yeah, so I experienced full well the, the flare-up that can occur when the wrong ingredient is applied. When the wrong ingredient is applied, there's a flare-up possibility. Friends, the same thing is true with our communication. When the wrong ingredient is applied to our communicating, expect a flare-up. And the wrong ingredient in any communication is responding with harshness, responding with hostility, not a gentle answer like Proverbs instructs us with. So be aware of that. Be mindful of that. Be, be gauging what is, my, what is my hostility meter at, you know? Is it, is it climbing? Am I about to cause a, a flare-up here? Where am I at? Let the Holy Spirit guide that. Let the Holy Spirit direct that. Let the Holy Spirit monitor that and be listening for his prompts. Be listening for his whoop, 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 abort, 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 you know, because that's what he'll do if we listen. He will constantly control and constantly guide and constantly direct our communication if we will let him, if we'll choose to yield that to him. He'll do it. James 1.19 says this, along the same lines. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. Remember, he's talking, to the, he's talking to the church. He's talking to Christians. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen. Quick to listen. That's one thing we're supposed to be quick about. Slow to speak and slow to get angry. You see that order? It's very deliberate. Be quick to listen. And I would even insert, be aggressive in your listening. Listen aggressively. (laughs) Listen intently. Slow to speak because you're listening more. You're thinking before you're speaking. That's why it's slow. It's kind of a buildup. It's, you know, you're getting on the interstate on that, that, ramp, you're, you're, and you're doing what most people do that annoys you when you're behind them, you, you creep up, you know, on that ramp, that on-ramp. You're not just charging up through it. You're, you're slowly building up to your speaking, and you're definitely slow, and I would say even slower, <laughs> to get angry. And, and the problem is, so much of the time, we reverse that order, don't we? You know, we're, we're really easily angered. We're quick to, ang- to get angry, we're really, really, really quick to speak. So, fu- so much so that we railroad the other person in the conversation. You know, they'll start speaking and you're like, oh, but, but, uh, and, and you start speaking over them, right? We're, we're master interrupters most of the time, much of the time. But our, our instruction from, from God and from his word in this wonderful passage of James is, is to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. 
And church, this is so important for, for us as believers because if we, if we follow the wisdom of the passages we're looking at today, if we choose to apply that to our communication as Christian husbands and wives and Christian parents and Christian grandparents and Christian uncles and aunts and brothers and sisters and so on, if in our families, as Christian families, we deliberately, intentionally, strategically apply this wisdom, choose to operate in this way, if this is how our communication goes consistently, then it will serve as a great, powerful contrast to the norms out in the world. Because the unsaved person does not and cannot think and operate this way. The unsaved mind is the total opposite of this, and and there's no problem with that. That's just expected. You know, culture expects that you kind of steamroll people in the conversation. You take over a conversation. That the first one to seize it is, is good because they've won. You know, they're controlling and they're manipulating the situation. You've got to be the one that runs the conversation. Don't let somebody else do that. And, and the culture says, well, of course, if someone is, is, is kind of all over you and they're on your case and, and, and they're hot, they're fired up, and they're, they're telling you off, then you've got to match that. You've got to put them in their place real quick. You've got to drop them down. You know, put them in their place. That's what culture says. It's all about you and the culture mindset, the, 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 uh, the lost culture's mindset. So if we as the church, if we as Christians would deliberately choose to yield our thinking and to yield our speaking to the Holy Spirit and in our communication we will choose to serve the other person that we're talking with in our communicating and yeah, yeah, you can serve others in your, in your communication. Service happens in every aspect of life. Serving others, putting others ahead of you being Christ-like in your servanthood, that applies even to communicating. And when we're doing that, and if we do that, oh, what a, what a contrast that'll bring as other people start to come around you and, and other people that don't know the Lord come into your family and, and you're spending time with other families who are not born again and, and, and you're, you're able to get to know other people. They're going to see this huge difference. And you know what it's going to be? It's going to be attractive because no one, no one, I don't care who you are, no one enjoys conflict. No one enjoys hostility. No one enjoys tension. Like there's no one that says, oh, I just hope I get into a lot of arguments today. No one wakes up like that. No one goes into any conversation. I really hope we argue. No one does that. And no one enjoys it. It's exhausting, isn't it? I mean, you think about the problems you've had in your family. Husband, wives, mom, dad, kids. Think about the tension. Think about those arguments. It wears you out. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. It doesn't build you up. So in your own life, in your own family, you know, you're going to be better off. But you're also going to be able to be used of God to be this great big light and this huge contrast that people will not be able to ignore. And they're going to ask at some point, what is your secret? I mean, I've been around you guys for years now. I don't, I don't see the same dynamic I have in my family and in my life. What in the world is your secret? 
And then you, hopefully, in the Spirit, in those moments, will say, hey, trust me, it's not us. It's, it's all about the Spirit of God. Any difference you see is because of God. Any difference you see is His work in and through us, because it's not us, trust me. And then you, you can say, and, and believe me, we're not perfect. We don't have this down. We still mess up. But we have the power and the strength of Christ to help us communicate the right way with one another. Let me talk to you about how you can have that too. See? It's this, it's this amazing opportunity. So all that to say, here's, here's what communication really is like, just as a whole. Communicating, the, the art of communication, the concept of communication. Um, I, it's like a match or like a, like a lighter stick, you know. Um, I mean, these things, like a match or this, you know, it's a beneficial thing. Uh, because it can warm you, you know, you can light, you can light candles, you can have visibility, um, you can start a grill that you don't need lighter fluid for. Kids, don't try that at home, okay? That example that I gave. This is a really beneficial thing. This, a match, anything that, you know, produces fire can be a benefit. It can be needed. But anything with fire can also be dangerous and deadly. You know, a little match can start a really big fire, can wipe out entire forests. You know, it can, it can burn down entire structures. Um, it's all in what is done with it, right? I mean, the, the thing itself, the instrument itself, is not evil or harmful or dangerous in and of itself. It's actually a useful thing. But if it's abused, if it's not used properly, if it's not applied correctly, then it causes a lot of problem and a lot of damage. And the same thing is true of communication. When used correctly, when used as intended, when, when used in the right way, it can be a blessing, it can be beneficial. It's great. But if we're not careful with it, if we're not intentional with it, if we're not deliberate and guarded, then it can cause a lot of issues. So, remember, we're always communicating something. We're always expressing ourselves somehow So the question is to constantly ask, what am I communicating? How am I communicating? And I'm putting it another way, how we communicate is just as important, if not more, as what we communicate. And my friends, all of this, all of this is only able to happen, you know, in the right way, correctly, consistently, through constant dependence on the Holy Spirit. No matter how much you think you've got this down, this communicating thing, no matter how much you've walked with the Lord and how long you've been married and how well you know your spouse, and no matter how good you may be at communicating, not one of us is so good and has this down so much that we don't need his empowerment. Because at some point you're going to blow it, you know? You're going to be like the guy in the opening video who had all the right things to say to his friend, helped his friend out of a jam with his communication problems, but then turned right around and totally blew it. We've all been there. We all can be there like that, you know, no time at all. So this proper communication, this godly biblical communication, this very important component of the foundation for our family is absolutely essential to be surrendering all the time to the empowerment, to the direction, to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me?
Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? You know, we're, um, we're almost done with this current series, and we are today talking, talking about a, a topic that um, I think is extremely important and beneficial, but also, man, extremely challenging, extremely convicting to myself, too, <laughs> as I shared you know, just as convicting to me as I'm sure it is to you. And maybe this topic of communication, man, it, maybe it just hit you right between the eyes in your family context. Maybe the Holy Spirit just said, hey, yeah, that, that's you. You, you. Hello, you need to listen to this. Hello, that's, just, that's what I've been trying to say to you. And maybe you need to respond to his convicting work to his urging you to yield this area of your life to him because you haven't or you've forgotten to in a long time. You know, maybe you've, you've kind of seized the reins of communication and there, therein lies the problems you've been experiencing recently because you're not letting him control it. If that's you, I would just love the privilege of praying for you. I also want to invite you, if you want to come down, I mean, we've got a huge... Uh, front here of our stage with with several steps, perfect for an individual place of prayer. If you need to do that, feel free, come down, kneel, pray, whatever you need to do. But I certainly want to pray for you. Is there anyone who would say, you know what, you nailed it. Our communication is really not where it needs to be. My communicating with my spouse or my communicating with my kids, man, it needs work. I've got to let the Holy Spirit control this. Would you pray for me that I'm able to do that? Anybody would say that's me? Amen. Amen. Thanks for your honesty. Thank you. Appreciate that. Anyone else? And as I said, uh, this proper communication is only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit, moment by moment by moment. And to have that power and that enablement, you have to first know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You're not going to have this help and this empowerment unless you've surrendered your life to Him. He's the key. So is there anyone, I wonder, is there anyone at all who would say... Well, yep, you just nailed that for me. I I have not given my life to Christ. He is not my Lord and Savior, but I know I need him, and I want him to be right now today. Is there anyone who would say that to me? Anybody at all? There's no shame in admitting that. Anyone? Okay. Pray with me, church. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the relevance of your word. Thank you that your word will speak directly to every aspect of our lives, every, every aspect of our being, our families, our individual experience. There is nothing in our lives and in the world around us that is not addressed directly by your word. Your word is amazing. Thank you for it. And thank you for the Holy Spirit who teaches us and explains it to us and guides us and and says, hey, this is what I need you to see. Thank you for that. And thank you for the empowerment and the help of the Spirit in applying the truth of your word. And I pray for those that raise their hand saying, yes, this area of communication, oh, wow, I need to do so much better in this. Uh, I need to yield this area of my family more to the Holy Spirit. Please hear that from them, God. You know exactly what's going on in each life and each family, and you know why they were prompted. 
I just ask that you would indeed step in and just take control of every single person's communicating and, 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 and the spouses as they, as they talk with one another and communicate. May it be right. May it be good. May it be beneficial. May it be controlled and led by you, Holy Spirit. And the same for parents and children and, and co-workers and bosses. And just in every context we find ourselves in, in every relationship, may your church, may this church... Be full of people who communicate in Christ-like ways. Empower us in this way, I pray. And if there's anyone here who does not know Jesus Christ personally as Lord, as Savior, may today be the day of their salvation. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.